What a day on this Friday. We have Kawhi news. We have draft rumors, workout lists, and yet another NBA draft profile and projection all on tap for you today on the Locked on Thunder podcast, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Will Kawhi leave? Who do the Thunder like? Who do they not like in this draft? And again, a comprehensive draft profile coming your way about Davion Mitchell, the guard out of Baylor, all coming up on the Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05362-7128. On today's show, We have yet another 2021 NBA Draft profile giving you all you need to know about a possible Thunder prospect. Today's prospect is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Try Michelob Ultra right now today. What better day than Friday leading into the 4th of July weekend? We're also going to get into the Kawhi Watch 2021. The rumors have already begun a day after the Clippers are bounced from the playoffs and we're going to get into the draft rumor mail and, of course, Davion Mitchell. But let's start with the Kawhi news because the Clippers have been put to bed this postseason. Kawhi was hurt, did not get to play in this series. Paul George gave it his best effort, but Chris Paul and the Suns uh, were just too much at the end of the day. Look, there's rumors before the, you know, in the middle of the series that Kawhi was unhappy with the, with the Clippers' doctors. Kawhi is a man of mystery. We're never really sure what he's thinking, what he's going to do next. Uh, and so... KOC wrote for The Ringer a, a good article about uh, the possibilities of that they have this summer of running it back or uh, blowing it up or what they're going to do this summer. Obviously, this is all of interest to the Thunder because the Thunder own the Clippers' future draft capital. So that leaves the Clippers, A, with not a lot to work with in terms of in terms of building their roster from here, right, in terms of adding to their roster, and B, uh, if they do decide to blow it up and you know, Kawhi leaves for some reason and they maybe trade Paul George, like the team's not going to be very good next year. Uh, so that, of course, enhances the Thunder draft pick. Now, KOC writes that Miami and Dallas are set to make a big push. They're set to go all in to get Kawhi. How does that impact Oklahoma City? Will it mean that Miami needs to loosen some protections on a future because they owe the Thunder. Will it mean that Dallas needs to get KP out of town? I will say, I understand why I've gotten a lot of messages today about KP, Dallas, and about if they would need to move KP. But Dallas and Miami are two teams who are setting themselves up to go trade for Giannis before Giannis re-signed in Milwaukee. So they've already put themselves on the pathway, even with KP on the roster, uh, to go and sign a guy to a max cap sheet. Obviously, I think that the Mavericks would love to move KP. Um, I think that you see the reports of KP and Luka being at odds, and 
them not liking each other much uh, come out this week. I think that they're going to move him, uh, but I don't think it'll be because of Kawhi. So that does not necessarily mean that this is going to be more likely now that the Kawhi news is hit and that Dallas make a big push. And look, Dallas made a big push at everybody. I mean, they pushed for LeBron. They pushed for Dwight Howard. They've pushed for every top guy that's become a free agent, and they've never landed one. They had to lock Blake Griffin in his house. Like it, Mark Cuban's driving around Los Angeles trying to find Blake Griffin's house. Like it, it's, it's commonplace for Dallas to be in the mix for a big fish. It's a joke now at this point with Dallas. Miami, pretty interesting. Of course, if Kawhi really does opt out and wants to test the free agency waters, New York will jump in the fray as well. Um, I think that for my take on if Kawhi will leave, and this is with way less sources than KOC, obviously, um, I just struggle to believe that Kawhi, who handpicked Los Angeles, who wants to be in that area, wants to be um, in California, wants to have the commute that he has to San Diego and with LA, he wants to be in that part of the country, that he'll just up and leave. Now, again, Kawhi is a, is a character, right? He's a guy that you just cannot predict. He, he likes it that way. He wants it that way. So it'd be silly to say that there's no chance of him leaving, but if I had to bet money right now, if I had to bet you a dollar, I'd say he stays. But KOC is a guy that's really plugged in. KOC is a guy that knows what he's talking about. And so for him to talk as though there's even a push to be made here, right? Like this is going to be a considerable push and they're going to try their hardest to lure him away. That makes me think that Kawhi will at least entertain offers. Now there's a difference in entertaining and signing, but he'll at least entertain it, which for the Thunder is a big deal. So what if Kawhi did leave? I don't think that even if they kept Paul George to be very good, right? They'd be a playoff team still, I think, but... Not very good. So that that in itself, to me, improves your draft pick even a little bit for next year, a losing Kawhi. Because I think that you still rest Paul George a bit, so you're going to be playing games without Paul George. I think that they're going to be like a, in the West, a seven seed, a six seed, with only Paul George and that cast of, of players. So like even if Kawhi just leaves and they don't do anything else, you're going to improve even minutely. And then, of course, trading Paul George away and then having a team of misfits out there in LA, that is just going to be a, a dream scenario for the Thunder. That's going to be something that you would have dreams about uh, two weeks ago, a month ago. I think at the, at the end of the day, they say, you know what? We got to the Western Conference Finals. It's a shame that Kawhi got hurt. Let's run it back. Kawhi wants to be in LA and he will not go join the Lakers from LeBron. And I'm not even sure they have a path to get him you know, with the salary cap restrictions. So let's just run it back. But if they don't, that is great news for the Thunder. We'll find out in about a month. Moving on to the draft rumors and, and the workout list that I have for the Thunder. Chad Ford had his you know podcast with the Lockdown Podcast Network. That has his website, chadfordspitboard.com. The podcast is called Chad Ford's as well. Um, and, and he mentions on his platforms that the Thunder are among the teams that have Barnes ranked ahead of Suggs and Kaminga. This is not that surprising because of who Barnes is as a prospect. I've heard the same things about the Thunder liking Barnes, uh, even more so than Suggs and Kaminga. I'm not sure that even Barnes will fall at this point to six. Chad Ford also mentions that Suggs and Kaminga are still in play. Kaminga is the most likely scenario if the Thunder do not trade up in this draft. Not that Chad Ford has needs my needs my confirming, but I, I have heard the same uh, things that he's saying about the Thunder with Barnes and other prospects that he's that he's had uh, so far come out about the Thunder with Cam Johnson and Isaiah and Isaiah Jackson. You know, with the Thunder, they're also going to consider Keon Johnson, who they worked out and talked with and made a very good impression on Keon Johnson. I would be floored if they take him at six. I love Keon Johnson. Uh, I, I think I'm like the only p- person within 
the walls of Oklahoma and the port of Oklahoma that likes Keon Johnson, but I do like him. I just do not think they're going to take him at six. And then people have been tweeting me about, you know, draft workout lists because I've been tweeting them out, you know, as I get the information. So like, they're kind of all over my timeline to kind of put it in one place. Here's what I know about the draft workouts. Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson, Isaiah Todd, Sandro Mamu, who was who in love with the Thunder. Sandro was in love with the Thunder. Sandro would be ecstatic to be here. And I hope that they can get him. Austin Reeves would be the first Thunder player to ever play for OU. Uh, Shreve Cooper, Trey Murphy III, Jordan Hall worked out one of the first guys to work out for the Thunder, but he's already pulled his name out of the draft, was looking for about 30 to 45, obviously did not get exactly where he wanted to get in the feedback. He's instead not going to end. I'm going to go back to St. Joseph. He's a great playmaker, a guy to watch for this college season. I think he can be a really good, good player in this league. He was only a freshman this year. One of the best playmakers in the country was awesome, but alas, pulled his name out. Matthew Hurt from Duke, Josh uh, Primo from Alabama, another Canadian for the Thunder, Corey Kispert and Amir Sims. What do workouts and interviews mean? Not that much, honestly. Like if you haven't, if you don't really know about this process, there's no shame in that. Um, you know, these players are going to talk to almost every team because it's the last touch point you have with these players until they're a free agent. Because once they're on an NBA roster, you no longer can talk to them or it's tampering. So when you're talking about, say, Marvin Bagley, for example, right? Marvin Bagley got drafted by the Kings and it's not working out. And it's been a total public mess with Bagley and the Kings front office. Well, the Thunder did their due diligence and they talked to Marvin Bagley beforehand in the draft. And, and, and so they get a tiny glimpse in that interview process of what Marvin Bagley is as a person and a basketball player. So if he really impresses them at the interview stage, you know, four years ago at his draft, three years ago at his draft process, and now is available with some baggage of off-the-court social media stuff, the Thunder can say, hey, we talked to this guy. We know what he's all about. This is a King's problem, not a, not a Marvin Bagley problem. We want Marvin Bagley. It's little touch points like that that these workouts and, wor and interviews allow you to do, more so than like, okay, they obviously love this guy. They're obviously going to draft this guy. It's all about doing your due diligence. And that's why you see players from all over the board. When you're talking about workouts and interviews, the Thunder interviewed Trey Young, for example, that, that year that he was in the draft class with Aiton and Luca. They had no chance of getting Trey Young. But but you need to have the conversations to know about these players before you, you know, invest in them via, via trade assets, via cap space, whatever it is that you use to later on acquire these players. So as we continue to report who the Thunder have talked to and worked out, it's not a certainty that they actually love the guy for this specific draft. It's all it is for sure. It's a touch point for in the future uh, with the organization and the player. Coming up, we're going to get into Davion Mitchell's draft profile. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. Baseball's in full swing right now, so you can bet on all the action at betonline.ag. Using your laptop or mobile device, get the latest news, odds, information on all your sporting needs, including baseball, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, over to BetOnline and put your money down on the action. Again, they have sign-up bonuses and contest information that you can get in real time at betonline.ag. So no longer should you be sitting on the sidelines. Get in on this action. Head over to the website or even use your mobile device and sign up today. When you sign up at betonline.ag, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our code locked on at betonline.ag. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Make sure you go check out 
all of our other great podcasts, especially on our road to the finals brought to you by McLeb Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You can check out Locked On Suns, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Hawks as we get closer and closer to the NBA Finals approaching us. The Bucks got a huge win last night to take that series advantage. We'll see if Trey Young can come back in a couple of days. Now, Davion Mitchell. He stands six foot, weighs 202 pounds. He'll be 22 at the age of the draft, and he's from Baylor. Just a brief synopsis of Davion Mitchell. He's a scrappy, floor-burn-type player that wants to win at tic-tac-toe. Very high competitive drive. Uh, will do the dirty work. Is comfortable doing the dirty work, but that's kind of it for, for Davion Mitchell. High motor is, is his first strength for me with a bullet. He's a high-motor kid, great hustle, good defender, can switch despite his base height, kind of plays a little bit bigger than he is due to his strength, understands how to defend the pick and roll and fight through screens, a very, very, very smart defender. Um, you have to admire how smart he is, one of the smarter IQs in this draft as it relates to basketball. I think that he can finish at the rim well, given his size and athleticism, but I do wonder if that can translate. Like, if you watch his finishing at the college level, I really enjoy it, uh, but I wonder if that can translate to the NBA game as you start to play better defenders and bigger defenders. Now, his ball handling is the key for his offensive game. His ball handling sets everything else up. Since he's a good ball handler, he can not only get to the rim, he can stop on a dime and create space for himself in the mid-range jump shot, and he improved his three-pointers, you know, three-point shot in his final season at Baylor. The, that ball handling is his path to victory on the offensive end. It's, it's his path to becoming a solid offensive player. Everyone talks about Davion Mitchell's defense, but the ball handling is the biggest part of his game because it at least is an indicator that he can become a quality contributor offensively. I'm not in love with Mitchell's defense the way that everyone else is. I, I do not think that he's going to be an elite defender um, at this stage right now. I, I hear some talk about how you know the Warriors can plug and play him and be a great defender. I don't think he's going to be a great defender the moment he steps on the basketball floor at the NBA level. Um, I think he's a good defender, a very smart guy. And again, the, the smarts and knowing where to go and understanding the, the defensive schemes and understanding how to shut down different offenses and, and understanding the angles to take, those all will allow him to be very good defensively. I'm just not so in love that I'm just going to be enticed to take him in the top six, top seven, top eight of this draft. As for his weaknesses, he's only had one good year shooting the three ball, and it does not match up with his free throw percentage. He shot 44% this year from three, but just 64% from the line. Is that a bit of luck? Is that fool's gold? Is he just going to be a good three-point shooter, not a good free throw shooter, and kind of break that mold? What's the deal with his jump shot? His wingspan is not where you want it to be to fully combat his height, but his just body strength and awareness, right, to get the angles right and to stay in front of his man with his lateral quickness, that's all there that makes you believe that he can still become a good defender. Another big weakness is that here's a guy that we don't know if he can shoot yet, we don't know for sure if he can finish it at the rim, but he's also not getting to the line. Even as he cannot shoot it well from the line, he's not even getting there. And why does that matter? You look at a guy like Shea, look at how Shea transcended his offensive game and his scoring output this year as he starts to get to the line more. That's a big deal. That's how you take that next step in your scoring journey from a bad score to a below average score, below average to average, average to above average, above average to good, good to elite. Like that's how you take those stepping stones is by improving how often you can get to the line. Will he struggle to finish at the rim at the NBA level given his size and given the up in size of the NBA and like the, of course, the inherent nature of getting to play better opponents? There's a good chance of that. So that's another weakness for his game because he can't get to the line. He can't finish at the line. We're not sure about his uh, his shooting percentages from beyond the arc. 
I'm not in love with Davion Mitchell. We'll talk about where he's going to be available coming up in this draft. I'm not in love with him whatsoever, but I do think that the fact that he has such a high motor, can do the dirty work, can be a very good hustle player, and his IQ defensively will at least make him a baseline of good defensively, and the upside is there for his defense to become elite. And again, as you get dwindling down these draft prospects, if a prospect can have an elite trait, that's better than having just nothing, right? It's better than having just a lot of good traits or average traits to have one elite trait that you can at least use him as a specialist and keep in the league for a long time. Now, where is he going in mock drafts? The Ringer has him at seven, ESPN at seven, The Athletic at seven, CBS at seven, NBC at seven, and then Bleacher Report at 10, DraftNet at 10, Tankathon at 10, and my big board, he's at 10 in my big board 2.0. Pretty much a consensus of like, hey, seven through 10 is where Damon Mitchell's gonna live. And that makes sense because you're either very high on him and think that he's gonna be an elite defender from the word go, or you're lower on him, but still think at least he has something that could become elite, unlike most of these players in this range. His ceiling for me is an elite defender, a guy who even the common fan knows is a really good defender. It's hard to stand out defensively, who can contribute at the offensive end and becomes a mainstay as a starter. His floor to me is out of the league or like a 10th man, a defensive specialist that you use in certain situations and certain matchups, but do not rely on heavily in your everyday rotation in the NBA. I think that he should model his game after Drew Holiday is like a good marker for him to use moving forward. I just, again, the age factor of being 22, the factor of only having one good shooting year while also not having a good year at the free throw line. It's like that does not add up at all whatsoever. And I just don't buy into his defense the way that most people do. I think that his size is going to be a bigger hindrance to him than most people think it will. Um, I, I'm just not in love with him. I'm, I, I would not consider him at seven for the Warriors, really. I, I think that you can get someone better than him at seven if you're the Warriors or trade out of seven, of course. If you are the Warriors, I know that he'll have a lot of Hey, fans that, that like his game, I'm just not one of them coming up. We'll get into his future role with the Thunder, his rotational fit with the Thunder, his draft and roster impact for the Thunder, and why Oklahoma City should take him versus they should not take him, and all about his fit in Oklahoma City. We did another draft preview this week on Josh Giddy. We've got draft previews on all the top guys that you would love and so many more to come. We have draft previews on Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, now Davion Mitchell, Keon Johnson. We have it on all the guys you want to hear from, and we'll continue to you know kind of release them as we get closer to the draft. Kai Jones also uh, this week, Scotty Barnes. We've already done Jalen Johnson. We've already done Josh Giddy. We did again yesterday. Moses Moody. We've done. We've got a ton of players covered, and still so much more to go. James Boog Knight. We've done Jaden Springer. We've done a lot to catch up on if you've missed any of them and a lot to look forward to. Uh, if you have not heard one of your favorite prospects yet, we're going to get to all of them heading into the draft. So thank you so much for listening. As always, let me know your opinions on these players on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. We're going to come back with the fit with the thunder and end our Friday show. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar because it tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor is the peanut butter brownie option. However, if you do not believe me, 
You want to try them all yourself? Go for it by ordering the mix box. The mix box will give you two of every flavor. You get two of each flavor, try them all out, and then reorder the one you love the most. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Try it out today, bubble.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. It's the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Great for pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement. Try it out today, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day, and I'm so excited for what we have coming up on the Lockdown Podcast Network, the best network around. Mark your calendars right now for July 19th. Starting on July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Lockdown and Odyssey will be rolling out. It features analysis from the GOAT, the greatest of all time, the guy we talked about at the top of the show, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts such as Brian Scalabrini, the former GM Ryan McDonough, our local NBA experts will be making selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Just go ahead and search right now the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcast from. Subscribe to it that way. You're ready to go locked and loaded for whenever we start rolling this out on July 19th. Odyssey is your new audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Let's talk more about Davion Mitchell and how he fits with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So what is his future role for the Thunder? To me, Davion Mitchell is going to be a high-priority bench player. That's kind of it. Not exciting at all. Uh, A bench player this year, of course. The roster impact is interesting, though, because... If you did draft Davion Mitchell, which I think would be preposterous, I do not see a path for the Thunder to draft Davion Mitchell. But if you did draft Davion Mitchell, can he and Lou Dort coexist? Here's two guys that struggle to finish at the rim. We've seen progression from Lou Dort's jump shot. Can that maintain itself? I think so. We'll see if it actually can. Um, and, and they're both just kind of defensive ace, hopefully. We know Lou Dort can lock down anyone in the league, so that's a plus for Lou Dort. How do they coexist, and how does your offense look? If you've got Davion Mitchell and Lou Dort playing side-by-side, side, because with the sixth overall pick, you, you want to try to draft a starter, right? I mean, that, that's not a hot take here. You, you kind of want to draft a guy that can uh, crack your rotation in a big way. I don't think that Davion Mitchell can do that. So I think that um, he'll be gone by pick 16. I don't think that he's worth trading up for. I just don't view him as a good Thunder prospect. I haven't heard of the Thunder liking him at all. Um, why the Thunder should take him, though, is if they believe that he can be a, a real shooter and, and these shooting improvements are real for him um, and he can be a slightly worse Lou Dort defender, that seems like an okay player then at that point. But again, do you believe that shooting upside is why you shouldn't take him? Because I don't, and I'm not sure the Thunder do or not. So coming up on the Locked on Thunder podcast, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, next week we're going to have our first mock draft. That's a full comprehensive 1-30 through 30 mock draft. We're also going to have our chat with Richard Stamen talking all about the draft rumor mill that twists and that turns. We're going to have more NBA draft profiles and so much more in store for you on the Lockdown Podcast Network and the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Call into the show 405-362-7128. You can also email the show L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. 
Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. We'll be going to be back on Monday to get back into the draft news and notes. Until then, be good and be good to one another.